it was about knowing my community. I work and live in the community that I live in. I've grown up in this community as well. So I think you're also passionate and about helping people. This industry is about, actually about helping people. If you just work with that philosophy, the world just has a wonderful way of working its way out. You're listening to Elevate, the official podcast of Elite Agent for real estate industry sales professionals, property managers and leaders. We're proud to present Courageous Conversations, a podcast series focusing on the tough decisions people have made to put themselves on a pathway to success. This episode is brought to you by Connect Now, who makes the business of moving easier for both you and your clients. For more information, visit connectnow.com.au. Please welcome your host, Leanne Pilkington. Hey everyone, Leanne Pilkington here with you for the latest edition of Courageous Conversations. And with me, I have got Anna Cavill, who's the principal of Stone Upper North Shore. Hey Anna, how are you? Good, how are you? Lovely to see you. So I know you actually had a bit of a later start um, as an agent. Are you happy to share how old you were when you started? I was 43 when I started, so very late start. And... Why did you change? Why did you get involved at that stage? Probably a couple of things. Like I've always loved real estate. I'll be honest with you, in my 20s, I just didn't have the confidence, I don't think. Like I didn't think I could do it. Why? I just thought, look, I just didn't have the confidence to talk to people. I looked at what real estate was, what I thought it was. (laughs) It's very different to what I thought it was. Yes, totally. But I just, you know, I was a woman. I come from kind of a Greek family. I didn't think I could talk to people. I didn't think I could help people. I just didn't think, I didn't think I was bright enough. There was a lot of stuff that I didn't think in my kind of 20s that I didn't think I could do it. I don't know the exact, I'm just too afraid to. Yeah, right. Too afraid. And so what made you brave enough at 43? Well, you know, a little bit more life experience. I think I'd done a lot of properties. I've loved property. So right from a very young age, I have bought, renovated, sold property. I had dealt with a lot of real estate agents over that time, both in Sydney, Brisbane and New Zealand because we moved to New Zealand as well. And I think I kind of got an understanding that it wasn't quite what I thought it was. And I also, there were things I loved about people that I met and there are things that just as a buyer, I was just, you know, didn't make sense to me. So I think I came in from that perspective and went, what? I've now been on the other side. And that experience there. So talk to me about the things that you loved when you say there were some agents that you thought they were great and some were terrible. What were the good and bad things about the agents? So I remember meeting this lovely agent and I think this is what gave me the great confidence. He wasn't the biggest agent in the area and we met him and I really liked him but I made the biggest mistake and I ended up going with an agent that I probably didn't gel with but he sold more in the area. And that did not go well. This gorgeous man, John, I'll never forget him, and he always rang me up. He kept in touch with me. He looked at everything. We didn't go very well with the other agents, so I went back to John and he was just beautiful. Like It was about relationships and I had trust in him and he ended up doing a beautiful job and he was truthful. The other person was telling me porkies, you know, which I realised is John was genuine and I loved that. And he was humble. And then I met another lovely agent. He was very humble. He was a big selling agent, but he was really humble. I always felt he had my best interests at heart and he was truthful and honest. And I think that was probably the big difference. They had me, my best interests at heart. Yes, which shouldn't be unusual, right? (laughs) True, but everyone's different. Yeah, exactly. So you had some interesting careers prior to being an agent, didn't you? 
Yeah. Where did you start? So my background's actually in photography. So I studied fine arts, photography and sculpture. And then from there I went into graphic design. So I started out as a graphic designer, then went to a studio manager and then an account manager there. Then I left that. Going back to this, I have a few histories. And then my brother and I started a business in property where we could help people get into properties for a very small amount of money. Yeah, I love this story. So tell us how that worked. So what it was was we realised this is a long time ago because I am a little bit older than everyone and this is back in the day when you couldn't borrow above 80%. You actually had to have the 20% deposit. And the stamp duty. And stamp duty on top, which is a lot of money. A lot of money, yeah. And paying rent on top of that as well. So it was finding what was happening is it was really hard for people to be able to, you know, save up that money and pay their rent. And this was at a time in some areas where rent was actually more expensive than the mortgage at that particular point in time. So we could see that people had the ability to be able to pay the mortgage. What they didn't have was the ability to get into a property. It was the deposit causing the problem. So we came up with a way where you could come into a property for a lower deposit, but you had to pay a higher amount for the property and a higher interest rate. Absolutely fully aware of all of those things when people went into it reviewed by their solicitor, so completely transparent, but it enabled people to get into a home that they could never have got into before. And we had a lovely story where there was a gorgeous lady, and this is what made my day. She was a foster parent, so she took on children that were struggling. Um, She'd take them into her home, but she could never get a mortgage. She could never manage to do everything she was doing and then buy a house. So we managed to get her into a home and The market actually happened to increase at quite a rapid rate at that time too, so a bit of good luck for her as well. And she ended up selling, I think it was about 18 months later, and she bought a house completely and utterly, no mortgage in the country, so she moved areas and she was completely debt-free. Yeah. That for us, that was the sort of stuff that made my day. Yeah, totally. That's a really special thing to be able to do. You can't do that anymore though, right? It's not possible. Things have changed. The market's changed. Property prices have changed. Interest rate changes. But... That's when I realised that was the start of me going, okay, maybe I can do it going to build. Yeah, I can do this. Yeah. There is, while I think about it, there is a group called Head Start Home Loans. I don't know if you've heard of them. No, I don't. They are helping fund that gap for people that are getting out of social housing or a low income. Yeah. It's awesome. It's an awesome story, which will come onto a podcast soon, I'm sure. And then your husband was overseas, right? Your husband was an engineer. Is that the story? A structural drafter, yep. Yeah, okay. And so what you were doing work in various parts of the world as well, right? That's right. So he got sent to Brisbane and then sent to New Zealand and I had young children, like this is when the children were very young. And so we obviously went with him because we were being sent over there sort of for two years. We were two years in Brisbane and four and a half years in New Zealand. And so it was kind of there that I also did a lot of, you know, again, buying and selling of property finding properties that had problems or people perceived as having problems and realising that it actually was something that it wasn't as big as people thought it was. So we were great. You know, my husband's an absolute problem solver, so we would come in, solve the problem, and then, again, renovate the property and resell it. So that's what enabled me to do, kind of learn from that buyer side. Yeah. Being pivotal in the kind of work that I help with people now because Sometimes people think that there's a problem and it's actually not a problem. It's an opportunity, right? 
an opportunity, an opportunity, but also for our sellers where they think that that might be a problem and you're like, actually, it's not. Let's have a look at it this way, this way, and this way. There could be a solution and able to help them before they come to the market to resolve any challenge that might not actually be bigger than you think it is. Yeah, fantastic. And so when it came time to actually be brave enough to become an agent, how did you go about finding a job and what kind of reaction did you get from people? So I was still really scared and most people wouldn't touch me because I was older. I was an older and I was a mum. Don't they know old chicks rock, particularly mums? <laughs> and I got really lucky and I got, this is at a time where people weren't really taking chances because, you know, I got very lucky. I got taught by an agent that was doing very well, but an agent that was also growing. And he took a chance on me, which was fantastic because if that was at a time then people weren't. Yeah since I've rocked in and gone, right, well, I need to work, start at 9.30, I need to finish at 2.30 and I need to have Fridays off to play tennis. I can't believe this, honestly. (laughs) Excuse me. Fridays to play tennis? Yeah. But, you know, I had met him previously because I had a couple of properties and so he kind of knew me a little bit beforehand as well. And he was also growing. You know, smart man took a chance because his attitude was, well, and he was right, you know, I'm asking for all of this, I better prove myself. And that was my response to someone who's given me a chance, I'm going to do everything I can because I'm not going to get this chance again. Yeah. And so, you know, and I worked out. I had to work between 9.30 and 2.30, which meant I need to get everything done. So there was no going out for coffees. I just did the grind. Yeah. And then when I came at night time, and it was, I'm going to say, it wasn't easy. I loved it though. But this game's not an easy game. You just got to put the hard work in and it pays out. Yeah. And so I just worked my hours around what was going on in my personal life as well. Yeah. And you were telling me that at that time, despite the fact that you were working short hours and playing tennis on a Friday, (laughs) and you were really an assistant agent, you were earning more money than some of the other actual standalone agents in the business. How did that work? How did you manage that? It's just hard work. And look, I had a great agent next to me as well. So I'm going to say it wasn't just me. I had a great agent there. So my job was to meet people and find opportunities and help with all of those opportunities. And I was learning. So I worked out very quickly. The more opportunities I got him in front of, the more learning that I would do. And again, you know, I really only had one shot at this. If I didn't get this right, I had to move on. So there was no choice here. And it was fun. I can't tell you how much fun it was. You can tell by the tone of your voice how much you enjoyed it. So much fun. But how that worked was, I can't remember the remuneration, but we weren't on big money. So no. I get him in front of, so anything that I put him in front of and that we listed and sold, I got a percentage of, I back half my salary. You know, I was still on a debit credit, but I worked out who I wanted to work with too. So I had a great agent there and I got him in front of opportunities. So it was a win-win for both of us. Yeah, for sure. And how did you go about finding those opportunities? Meeting people. It was about knowing my community. I work and live in the community that I live in. I've grown up in this community as well. So I think you're also passionate and about helping people. This industry is actually about helping people. So you go in not expecting anything. And if you just help people, one of my first favourite movies in all the world is Pay It Forward. Oh, yeah, it's wonderful. If you just work with that philosophy, the world just has a wonderful way of working its way out. If you generally go in there to help and expect nothing back in return and look, I promise you, there are people that will take from you, no problem. Most of people don't. No. Most people don't. You get the odd one, so what? Move on. 
yeah, move on. But the wonderful people that you meet is just, you know, if you just keep helping people genuinely, your name gets ahead of it and off you go. And, of course, you've got to achieve results. We do know that as well. Yeah, of course. That's how we met people, open homes, my community, helping people. And I did go out door knocking, to be honest with you, when I first started, just to let everyone know that I was now working, where I was working and what I was doing. Yeah. Introduce myself. Yeah, you've just got to get out there, right, whatever works. Yeah. Now, you started working with a coach pretty early in your career as well. I did, yes. How did you afford that? Well, I worked out very early on, again, kind of a back to myself because I look at it and I think, well, look, there weren't many women working at the time. Right, you can use the term boys club because some businesses are, you know, it works for them and that's okay, but it's not conducive to getting the best out of the women in the business. That's the reality of it. Yes, and so... I realized that I needed someone to help me because the way that you approach something was kind of really different to the way that I approached. Yeah, for sure. So for me, in terms of affording, it was a no-brainer. I needed it if I was going to get help and that got me into seeing just one more person or one more listing. And as we know, this is a game that starts here and it rolls. Yeah. So Caroline was pivotal. I know it sounds a bit odd, but... Yeah, go on, give her a plug because she's a very good friend to both of us. Carolyn Balderstone, she's an awesome coach and an even more awesome person. A hundred percent. And I met her by accident, so I kind of a big believer that things happen for a reason as well. I happen to be up at Arik standing, first time at Arik, not realising you need to book a restaurant if you want to go there for dinner. Yeah, yeah. Did not know that. <laughs> standing in a line thinking, yep, very popular restaurant, must be great. And Caroline was standing behind me and we just happened to start talking. She had made a booking. I had not. Oh, she's very organised. Very organised. But it just happened to be that I said I was looking for a coach and she just happened to be starting her business and that's how we connected. Met up with her straight away and she gave me her card and I just rang her up and I met her and I loved her from the minute I met her and it's just been amazing for me and it doesn't matter what I need or where, she's always there. Don't change a winning game, you know. It works. It's worked for me. Just keep going. So how long have you been working with her? Goodness me, maybe ooh, five years. Yeah, okay. And so even though you're obviously, because you've subsequently gone on to start your own business or partnered with other business owners in your own office, so you've obviously achieved a degree of success. Thank you. You don't feel like you've learned all you can and no? Oh, my goodness, no. I mean, for me, I think I'm still learning every day. If I can get one thing out of someone, that's made my day. So if she teaches me one thing, and I'm growing, you know, where everything's changing as we grow, different things, there's different pools, there's different challenges, you know, the team grows. And that's where Caroline's just amazing because she can help me on every level. And sometimes you just need a bit of a reminder and someone you just need someone in your court as well. Yeah, you need someone who's there for you. Yeah. Totally. So what are the challenges you're facing now? Starting at the moment, which I think from what I understand is happening across the board. Just sort of keeping up with that, you know, that growth because it takes a little bit of time and this business is not for everyone. You know, you've got people that come in and they realise like it's fun, it's wonderful, but it is a lot of hard work and and it's not a nine-to-five job. And also the demand that we need as we're growing, I need more people. So that's probably my biggest challenge at the moment is keeping up with the amount of people that we need in the team to service the the clients the way that we want to service them. Yeah, absolutely. I think. Everybody who's watching or listening could relate to that. It's a challenge that we've all had. I'm just in the process of hiring two new people 
and my team and it's really hard to find, you know, there's some great people out there but they're not necessarily great for you. Correct, or not in that particular role that you're looking for. But the good news is, you know, Chris, we've got our business and we're also growing because the other side to this is not only is my business growing personally but also our offices are growing. So we're looking for people there as well. So it's across the board. That's the fun side of growing, but there's that sort of value side to growing as well. There are some always challenges though. Yeah, absolutely. This podcast is called Courageous Conversations, right? And they're the conversations that you have either with yourself or with somebody else to get yourself to the next level. And for you, it's that, you know, that whole, I didn't think I'd be good enough. Yeah. You know, if you had somebody that was thinking about getting into the industry but was worried about their ability to do the job, what advice would you give them? My advice is I wish I had done it earlier. I wish I had the strength and the courage to have attempted this when I was younger. Align yourself with someone that's good so you can learn. I was 43 and learning. (laughs) and The person I was learning from was a lot younger than me and there were a lot of people that, you know, went out a lot quicker to be an agent. I stayed in there to learn as much as I could. Actually, that's really interesting. That's another interesting observation because there are a lot of people that are just can't wait to get out on their own. So why didn't you choose to do that? Because I wanted to build a really strong base to jump from. My age has given me that experience. I mean, I'm going to be honest, in my 20s, this is not the way that I did things. <laughs> in my 20s, you know, I was promoted up really fast into a particular company and I thought, wow, well, I'm great, I'm going to be, you know, this role. And then I got there and went, oh, my, you know. What have I done? What have I done? I do not have enough experience to do this. So I guess I took that lesson and went, you know what, it's okay. I'd much rather feel really comfortable. So it's about forming a really good solid base and then you can bounce from that base because if you get the base right, whatever market we're going through, you've got that base to rely back on. Always go back to that and keep going. And so, yes, I stayed longer than most people, but when I decided to go out on my own as an agent, I had the money, I had you know, so that's why I could afford that coach. And I also started with an associate as well. So you started your life as a standalone agent with a coach and with an associate. Yep. Yeah, right. And so why? Well, it helps you. Again, this can be tough when you're trying to do everything on your own as well, but also leverage because, as you know, I had two people in my court. We were a team working as a team together and Caroline there teaching me the way to do it. So where to next? What does 2023 look like for Anna and her team? That's a really good question. I guess I've gone back to that solid base again. So last year was the first year that we moved across to a new agency. So that was all around cementing down, solidifying, making sure that everyone knows. So now again, let's keep moving forward. Just keep moving forward and we'll get there. Yeah, absolutely. Before I let you go, if anybody who's listening would like a job with Anna, where can they find you? Anna Cabell at stonemealestate.com.au. <laughs> I mean, you've got to take any opportunity, right? Exactly. Please. Love to talk with you. <laughs> thank you so much for taking the time. It's been an absolute delight. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Courageous Conversations with thanks to connectnow.com.au. Don't forget to get access to all of Elite Agency's premium resources, including a detailed episode guide for this podcast. Visit joineliteagent.com.